0: Are you guys taking applications for me to work there just for a few days, like, uh, um, so that I can, uh, daily applications. Just, daily. just so I can get a, uh, a steak? Hot mess. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, this is why I don't tell people anything. This is why. Awesome. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Well Seasoned Podcast. I am here.
0: Hey, and I'm here too. I'm Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> We'd like to welcome to today's show a very special guest, Miss Vanessa Vasquez Lopez, the director of human resources at Noble House Hotels and Resorts in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Vanessa also has the distinction of being my former next door neighbor. That I'm very sad that she moved, but (laughs) I totally understand because I love her so Vanessa welcome to the show we're very excited to have you on today's episode so welcome.
2: welcome thank you thank you for having me
1: and I'm sure that your block is much more sane without the crazy bro <laughs>
2: <laughs> there's four of them
0: yeah there's <laughs> bro she, new hunt girl <laughs> I do miss uh because Vanessa uh and Rick her husband have a little boy named Ricky who's but three years old now. And so with my five year olds, they used to love going outside and being able to see Ricky next door and wave at him and everything. So (laughs) so they definitely they definitely miss having Ricky next door. But anyway, (laughs) welcome to the show. We want to get started. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? Tell our, our listeners what you've been doing, where you've been and how you ended up where you are. And and we'll go from there.
2: I grew up in Germany, actually. My dad was in the U.S. Army. He actually met my mom, and they got married. And then, of course, I was born in Germany. I was there for 20 years. With my dad being in the military, I did go to American elementary school, American high school. I graduated there. And most people are like, oh, you have no accent. But I did go to American schools overseas. Since my mom was German, I grew up speaking German fluently with my grandparents being there. And then in 1998, we actually moved to Miami. My dad got stationed over there. In the meantime, I did meet a guy from the Netherlands. I met him online when the whole online dating started, you know, late 90s. And I met my ex-husband at the time. I moved in with him and he said, you know, you need to get a job." a job to start paying for things. So I did end up at the Westin, Fort Lauderdale, which is off of 95 and Cypress Creek Road. And that's how I pretty much fell into HR. I didn't go to school for it. It's nothing that I said, oh, I want to be an HR director someday or work in hotels, but it pretty much got me started in my HR field. And the one thing I like about HR is every day is something's different. You know, even before COVID, You're dealing with different things every day. It's not where you go to work nine to five, Monday through Friday. You're working weekends. You're dealing not only with hotel guests, but you're dealing with employees and you're dealing with their personal issues as well. So that's how I ended up where I am today.
0: Awesome. So you touched on your background from your mother's side a little bit, yeah, because your mother's German, but your father, because the last name Vanessa Vasquez Lopez Vasquez, was from your father. Your father's heritage is from Mexico, Mexico, and then you're married to Rick Lopez, and Rick's uh, heritage is—he's a little bit of everything. <laughs> <laughs>
2: He's from Hialeah. L- 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 Let
0: me just say Hialeah, for- Florida
2: want To make it very clear, I do not speak Spanish. Okay, I went from Vasquez <laughs> marrying a Lopez, and the number of phone calls I get in Spanish all the time is just frustrating. So, you never want to stereotype based on someone's name. <laughs> Absolutely,
1: I, my maiden name is Van Horn, my married name is Doria, and that's all I have to say about that. <laughs>
0: But what I'm saying is the explosion of culture just within your family dynamic alone is pretty awesome to me. Yeah, I find that rather fascinating. And Vanessa's mother is like one of my absolute favorite people. So she's quite lovely. Love
2: it. Yeah. And Ricky's learning Italian now. His school teacher's Italian. So he comes home singing Buongiorno, Buonanotte." Notte. <laughs> I'm like, oh, gosh, we're just a hot mess. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is absolutely awesome. Let's talk a little bit about kind of the differences between working for, you know, the larger corporations and the smaller ones. And you can do this from an HR perspective or from what you see for your employees working, you know, in these different size properties.
2: One thing, you know, working for a chain hotel, Patrick, you travel a lot. You know, you go to the W in Fort Lauderdale and then you go to the W in Los Angeles and you're going to have the same bed. You're going to have the same restaurant with the same type of food, every employee that you interact with, they're going to use the same language. And it's very cookie cutter. When I worked for Starwood, everything was in a manual, every policy, every standard, every procedure. So when new employees came on board, we had to make them drink the Kool-Aid. So when I left Starwood at the Atlantic, I think it was two thousand. 11. I was actually laid off because of ownership changes. I was out of work for four or five months, which was amazing because who's laid off in their early thirties and you can go around and party and go to happy hour at 10 in the morning and everything. But I ended up at the Pelican Grand, which was actually privately owned by a Swedish owner. And a few years later, he actually had Noble House come in and manage the property. I've been there 10 years now. And I just love the boutique feel and the family feel, not only with the employees, because we don't have a set standard as to how we tell our employees to speak to our guests. If you go on our TripAdvisor, most of our reviews are because of staff friendliness. Half of our team have been there over 20 years, our housekeeping, our cooks, a lot of our department heads, they start as front desk agents, now they're revenue directors, So each employee gets to be themselves. They get to bring their personality. They're not trained on how to say good morning to a guest or good afternoon. All our hotels, which we only have about 18, we're a very small company. And our owners who are in Seattle, they want to keep it small. They don't want to be a cookie cutter chain where we have 10,000 hotels all over the world. So that's what creates the more boutique, the more family feel not only with our employees, but also with our hotel guests. We're not located on the main strip in Fort Lauderdale where the bars and the nightclubs are. We're actually in a residential area and a lot of the condos there, the grandparents, their children get married at the Pelican, then their children have their baby showers there. So a lot of our guests, most of them are repeat guests that have been going there 15, 20 years. So I really enjoy working at a boutique hotel rather than a larger chain hotel.
0: I really like what you said about the scripting and the non-scriptedness of it. I think it's very cool when you go to a hotel that's got its own individual flavor and experiences that are especially unique to the destination that they're in. I've been to a few different Noble House properties, and each one is completely different, and it's a standalone property in itself. But the level of service is the same across the board. So you do have that consistency, but they are all unique in their own individual way.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking about it in terms of um when I travel, you know, the Hyatt's, the Hilton's, the Marriott's. Not only is it scripted, but they all look the same, right? Like it's all the Marriott red coats or however it may be. So I, I do enjoy when I'm planning an event or when I'm traveling to go to those independent hotels because it just gets you out of your routine and it shows you a different side of hospitality and that uniqueness. So that's pretty cool. I like that. So, how have you been dealing with um, with the pandemic from an HR perspective? What kind of challenges are you seeing with your team?
2: We actually closed our doors. It was mid March. It was March seventeenth, and we were closed through May twenty ninth. There was a lot of uncertainty, you know, back in January meetings, and we're like, "Oh, this coronavirus! Like, oh, that's never going to come here, and we'll be fine." and We had Super Bowl here in Miami, the end of February, St. Patty's Day was coming up and just everything did a 360, not just in the HR world, but in our industry. I mean, everywhere, all over Florida was our high season, spring break was happening and then being closed for almost three months. It just really changed bringing staff back, um, training, onboarding new employees And, you know, a lot of our employees didn't want to come back or some did come back and they decided after a month, I want to go into real estate or I just want to go out of the business altogether. But a lot of it has changed and everyday things change. People are getting COVID and some people have symptoms, some people don't. And our priority at the end of the day as a hotel is to make sure our guests are safe, our employees are safe. A few months ago, all the bars could open in Broward County and we decided to wait another month. We didn't wanna open right away and be on social media that we have 300 people at our bar drinking and not wearing their mask. And that's not the type of media you want. So as things open up, we're doing things probably like 30 days delayed than everybody else. Because again, it's a day by day. We don't know. Cases go up, cases go down. And we just can't let our guard down when it comes to our staff and our hotel guests.
0: And one other thing that you mentioned, Vanessa, that I think is important is that when the pandemic hit, that was still our high season down here in South Florida for tourism. Those are our critical months, February, March, April. And then we kind of die down a little bit in the summer, so we're a little bit different from other destinations in that regard. But that was absolute peak season right there when that happened. And those hotels started getting evacuated of guests not necessarily being kicked out, but being funneled out, I guess.
2: Yeah, we kicked them out eventually. (laughs) How long
0: were you guys actually closed, Vanessa, with no guest?
2: About two and a half months. We were one of the first hotels to open back up. Some hotels stayed open. I think the Atlantic, the Hilton, very minimal hotel guests. But yeah, it was about two and a half months. You look at, I think, the Diplomat, they're still closed, I think, through the end of the year. So the larger hotels that do the conventions, the groups, they're the ones that are going to feel it long term.
0: Sure. Kind of hard part of the conversation with the furloughs. But I want to take this from a positive perspective because this is not a a Debbie Downer podcast, people. (laughs) What are some of the positive things that you did for your staff or have seen other people do for staffs that were furloughed throughout this time?
2: I know a lot of companies, even larger hotel chains, they paid not a severance, but a out-of-work or furlough bonus to some of their employees at different hotels. And obviously, it depends on who owns the hotel, on the management companies, things like that. But here in Florida, a lot of our employees are just now getting their pandemic pay. A lot of them are still waiting on half of their unemployment checks. And when you have low income positions, people rely on that paycheck and that's to provide food, to provide a roof over their head, to provide for their families. Two weeks after we closed, there was eight of us left and we said we have to do something, you know, even though every day we would go to work and the hotels closed and we didn't know if we would have a job the next day. So we got together and every week, the six or eight of us, we put in 50 to to $100. I'd go on Instacart, I'd order from Aldi, I would go to the Dollar Tree. And we actually did a drive through in front of the hotel every week for two to four hours. And whoever wanted to pick up groceries, food, toilet paper, we were giving out because that's still a hot commodity right now as well. But we did that the entire time we were closed and a lot of hotels within Noble House and Also in Broward, we're like, oh my God, that's amazing that you guys are doing that. And a lot of the people we did lay off and we're like, come get your food, come get something, you know, anything we can do to help each other because we are a small hotel. A lot of the staff, I know their children, I know their spouses. Most of us in the industry, we're married to people in the industry. (laughs) So it goes hand in hand. And a lot of people didn't know what to do next because nobody was hiring and there was no work out there at the time. So it's just taking care of your staff. Things were different when we said, okay, we're going to have a big party when we open up and welcome the team back, even though it's 100 people instead of 220 people. And then I thought in my head, I'm like, oh gosh, we can't do a big party or celebration because of social distancing. So you just have to change your mindset and your mentality. You have to keep up with the laws. Every 3 days the CDC is releasing new guidelines on employees with COVID or if they have symptoms of COVID. It's just keeping up with things but understanding that people are human and it's not their fault. A lot of our employees, they're going through a lot right now. They're making up financially right now, paying their mortgage, their car payment. Some of our staff had to sell their house, they got evicted, they're moving in with family members. So it's being more sensitive now when it comes to scheduling people. Some people don't have a car anymore, so they take the bus. And it's just being flexible and working with them to make sure that they're happy when they come to work.
0: That's amazing. I remember in the height of that first summer with the pandemic, seeing a lot of the photos and social media posts that you and the hotel were putting out with the drive through food bank, like you talked about, and a few of the other programs. It was absolutely inspiring. It was amazing. I can't even imagine
2: Even some of our hotel guests that weren't staying there, the owners too, they're like, how much can we donate? We want to take care of our people. So it really said a lot for the team that works there for our hotel guests that are passionate about our employees. And like I said, it was day by day. We did it as long as possible. And if we had to do it through the end of the year, we would have done it through the end of the year.
1: We talk about it a lot on the podcast that obviously this takes a toll on you mentally, physically, in in, in every way. And it's just not a toll on the person who's being furloughed or being let go. It's a toll on the person who has to perform the action. I've been in that seat and it's hard. You, being an HR leader, have to sit in these conversations, not for one person or two people, but for a company. How is that on you?
2: I mean, September 11th, we laid off about 15, 20 people when I was with another hotel company and we did in person. This time around, it wasn't only 15, 20 people. We were talking over 200 people and it was over the phone. (laughs) It was over the phone. It was just crazy. I think it was like May 24th. It was right before Memorial Day. And I sat in my office for three hours, calling every single employee, telling them they'd been laid off and their benefits were coming to end. And these were their options. And I kind of just zoned out. I just kept on repeating myself, repeating myself. And even to this day, like I said, I know people's families. I know their children. They're part of your family. And in HR, we always tell people not to bring stuff home with them. When you come to work, you leave it at the door. Same thing when you go home. But it's human nature. We all do it. No matter what industry. You can be a teacher. You can be a doctor. You can be an administrative assistant or work at the bank. But at the end of the day, you always bring your work home no matter what. And my husband's a restaurant manager, and he got laid off as well. Luckily, he went back to work a month later. But I affected people's lives and we brought back two people this week that were laid off Then to May. And they said, Vanessa, I just want to say you're so professional and you were so nice when you laid me off. (laughs) It just brought tears to my eyes. I'm like, I didn't want to do it, though. It was a directive within our company and we just had to cut costs. And every employee I spoke to, they're like, Vanessa, I get it. I completely understand. I don't hold it against you. I don't hold it against the company. But even to this day, you know, we still have about 100 employees that aren't back to work with us. And some of them don't want to come back. Some of them, you know, they text me every other day or they're like, are you hiring yet? When can I come back? And it's just so nice that so many people want to come back because they miss working in our family type of environment. But it's a toll, you know, it's something that's going to stay with you forever that you affected over 200 people's lives. And. Like I said, it's nothing personal. It's a business decision. You do it, but it just stays with you. You know, it stays with you forever, unfortunately.
1: It's rough. And I know we're such an advocate for therapy (laughs) for everybody that's going through this situation. And we talk about that survivor's guilt from what you're saying and how your organization, how your company, how your family (laughs) chose to deal with it. It does provide some kind of relief, right? It's not like you... Let go of, um, these people and you just said, okay, bye. You know, yeah. you came up with a program afterwards. You tried to continue to support people. You reached back out to them when you could to bring them back. So it is meaningful. As an employee, I'm sure they feel that I still communicate with the people that I had to unfortunately let go just to make sure that they're doing well and if there's any opportunity that does open back up in the organization, I would be the first one to let them know. So I guess on behalf of your employees, I say thank you for, for caring, right?
0: <laughs> I think just having somebody that cares is important, whether it's Vanessa or whoever the HR person is. There's a stat out there, and Vanessa, you might actually know the actual number, but there's a stat out there that I've seen a few times in different presentations, and it's about... People don't really leave jobs for very many reasons. You think that people leave jobs for pay increases, but that's actually a smaller percentage of people. The number one reason that people leave jobs is because they have somebody that's above them that they don't feel like cares about them or they don't like working with. So that's the most important thing. And Vanessa, is that something that you find to be true?
2: Yeah, people don't leave to go make $2 more down the street with our competitor. They leave because of their leaders, because of the culture or you know, lack of culture at the end of the day.
1: Especially with managers, you are a reflection of what you allow. It's more than what you actually do, but if you allow negativity or if you allow bad behavior around you, you are a reflection of that. Your employees will see that and I think everybody has a desire for a perfection and desire to exceed the expectations that set of them. And if they're in an environment where they can't do that, yeah, it's usually not the money.
0: I truly agree with that stat. Yeah. I felt like that initial conversation was something very important that we had to have. <laughs> so let's switch gears a little bit and talk about some of the other cool stuff that you do for your employees and staff. I actually talked you up a little bit. Vanessa to Stacey. I see so much creativity coming out of you and your team for some of your employee activities that you do. So so can you tell us a little bit about ways that you keep your employees engaged in a non-COVID world? (laughs) What what are the things that you normally do and ways that you drive excitement and keeping your employees engaged?
2: One of our core values is have fun. It's actually, I think, number 10. It's the last core value. But I always tell the staff when we hire them, It's the most important one because you got to have fun. We were talking about people leaving because of leadership, bad morale, lack of management, but you got to have fun. We all work with people that we don't like their performance or the coworker that's always late or never comes to work. But then the day, just have fun. Let the managers, let the department heads deal with it. They get paid all the extra money to deal with that drama, but you got to have fun. And we tell our employees to have fun with our guests get to know their name, get to know their kids, go buy them ice cream, go buy them coffee if they're unhappy or whatever. It doesn't cost anything at the end of the day. But we like to do a lot of fun things with our staff when they come through orientation. We actually do a scavenger hunt at the end where they have to go around, take pictures with the chef or do a selfie with our director of sales and marketing, or they have to remember the history of the moose that's actually in our spa on the rooftop of the hotel. But we do monthly things, employee of the month luncheons. TripAdvisor is a huge thing in the travel industry. Most of people, when they travel, they go online and they check out TripAdvisor to see if they want to stay somewhere. And I know when I travel, I usually stay on the first two pages of hotels. You don't never want to go past that second page because you're going to have five-star reviews and you're going to have one-star reviews. So true. So we do fun incentives with the most name mentions for the month of, I think, October through December this year. Whoever gets the most mentions, we're going to give them a three-day, two-night stay at the Hard Rock and Daytona Beach as a prize they can win. We do safety bingo. We want our employees to be safe. We have a very safe culture. So we do safety bingo. They can win up to three or four hundred dollars a month because at the end of the day, if we have an accident at work, it's gonna cost our owners four or five thousand dollars by the time they go to the doctor, get therapy. So we have our employees, they kind of tattle on each other. Hey, you're not wearing the right shoes today to work in the kitchen. You're not coming to work. So it's creating the culture of having a safe environment recognizing mentions on social media, whether it's Google, TripAdvisor, our guest surveys. We do every year the Making Strides breast cancer walk. And this year it was actually a car parade at Birch State Park. So we did that. We're adjusting to different things we do in the community as well. We had our jerk chicken contest a few weeks ago where the cooks, you know, a lot of them are from the islands and they love having this contest. And we tried 12 different types of jerk chicken. We voted on it and the winner got $300 and second place got $200. Third place got $100. And hopefully we can feature their jerk chicken on the menu in the bar this coming season. But it's about keeping the employees engaged. Nobody wants a plaque to hang on their wall or trophy in their living room. They want money. Right now, everybody wants money. Cash is king. So... Going around, we do a healthy wagon twice a month. We go around with a little red wagon and we have protein bars. We have the smart food popcorn. We have almonds. And a lot of people think, oh, that costs so much money, but it's not a lot of money at the end of the day. The staff is happy. They're excited. We do a costume contest for Halloween every year with the staff. This year, we did superheroes. Last year, we did Disney characters. And the staff gets really excited about it. You would think you had a bunch of 10-year-olds that are getting ready for Halloween. They take it seriously. People's competitiveness
0: never ceases to amaze me. Even if the prize is a t-shirt, the amount of people that become competitive (laughs) for that item Yeah. and going into virtual events, like we've been preaching to all of our virtual folks about do something interactive, something to get people, oh, my crowd's not competitive. BS you know that your crowd's going to be competitive. <laughs> it doesn't matter
2: what it is. They just want the bragging rights. Yeah, even the pumpkin contest, the different departments, they each carve a pumpkin and we put it in the lobby of the hotel and all the guests get to vote and whoever wins the pumpkin contest, Park carving contest they get a free pizza and pasta party and they love it they absolutely love it
1: i literally just made some jerk barbecue wings yesterday for lunch <laughs> so
0: going back to your jerk chicken contest let's talk about that real quick <laughs> first of all i'm not going to say that i was upset because i live right down the road from the hotel but if you <laughs> ever need a guest judge i'm just going to go ahead and volunteer myself stacy also is a uh <laughs> an aficionado of jerk chicken so she would be happy at any time you know why don't the two of us just come and we will be the jerk chicken judges next year (laughs) but that's awesome and that goes back to the very very beginning when we were talking about your background and your culture at the hotel the embracing of the cultures of the people that work there is really amazing hey, we've identified that a number of our kitchen staff are from the island. So what's something that we can do that reflects that? Okay, a jerk chicken contest. I love the idea that the winning jerk chicken entree could end up on a menu. I absolutely love that. And then I think that your guest, once that's on the menu, would see, this is Fred's jerk chicken. It was the winner of our annual jerk chicken contest. Your guests are going to see that and say, oh, wow, that's really cool. That came from somebody at the hotel who created it. That's just a really cool story to me. Yeah,
1: and I was in a hotel in New Orleans where they did something similar where every month the head chef would kind of just like watch what people brought in for lunch for themselves. And he'd be like, oh, what's this gumbo or what's this? And it was nice because then the menu became like a family menu. And it was like, oh, this is my mom's, you know, secret recipe, whatever. And it was delicious. You could taste the love and the food. It was so good.
0: (laughs) So Let's talk a little bit about some of the staff awards that you do. So we were talking about the contests that you do, which I think are awesome because I see all the time when you post them or different uh, people from your property posts, you guys do a really good job from an outside perspective, how you're incentivizing and, and then awarding these people with different awards. What are some of the awards that you guys have given out for different departments or staff members?
2: We do our, it's called Shining Star Awards. So it's pretty much employee of the month. We've had luncheons where all the nominees to come to the restaurant. We have an hour and a half lunch. Every manager has to actually nominate somebody not in their department because we all know all the managers are like, oh, my department's the best. I'm going to nominate my people. But the first rule is they cannot nominate somebody in their
0: department. Very smart. Very smart.
2: It's nice that front desk agent or front desk manager nominates housekeeping room attendant, because normally the front desk is like, why aren't the rooms ready? Why aren't they clean yet? (laughs) So there's usually a lot of friction between those departments, but we require that they nominate someone outside of their department. And it's usually 10 to 12 employees. Now we're half the size, so it's not as many, but we do a monthly luncheon just to recognize them and they get a hundred dollars. They get a nice little Shining Star Award, and of course, bragging rights. And they also get free parking for one month at the hotel valet parking. And the end of the year, we do our big employee of the year party, which we're not doing this year, obviously, because of social distancing and because of COVID. But we normally give away two awards, one person front of the house. So anyone who deals with a guest, whether it's a front desk, a room attendant, a valet person, And then we also do the back of the house because a lot of people, when you go to a hotel, you don't know the dishwasher who's cleaning your dishes. You don't see the laundry person in the laundry department folding your towels. So we we make sure we recognize not only our front of the house staff, but also the back of the house staff. And they get $500, they get free parking for a year, and they also get a three day, two night stay at a hotel. With this year being a little bit different, we had to be. Creative and I kind of stole this idea from my husband's company, which we just did two weeks ago. We're going to do a drive-through holiday party, and we'll do it on a Monday or Tuesday. And we pretty much worked through the kinks of it of how we're going to plan it. But we'll have each department drive through the front of the hotel, the porticoche, and we'll have 15 to 20 minutes per department to come through. And as soon as they pull up, we're going to have a cornhole set up and they'll get three tosses to get the bag in the hole. And if they make it in the hole, they'll actually get one free day of vacation on the company. So something different, something fun. I'd be practicing right now. I'd be in my backyard.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome.
2: We'll have fun with that. They're going to pull up a little bit further where the entrance is to the hotel and we're going to have some of our managers hand out brown bags. Each item in the bag is going to be obviously in a to-go container, but we're hopefully we're looking at giving out either T-bone steaks or fillets. And then we'll have another box with a salad, another box with some rice and some beans, and then another box with some kind of dessert, whether it's cookies or brownies, obviously all pre-packaged, of course, and COVID compliant. And then as they leave, we're going to have a little station where they can choose some hot chocolate or some chai tea to take with them. So that's what we're planning to do for the holidays for this year for our staff.
1: That is amazing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I said it on our podcast yet, but the one thing that's come out of COVID that one of the many, there have been some other things that have been good that have come out of COVID believe it or not. But one of the things is just the innovation, the different innovations that have come out of COVID. And I mean, here's another example of employee recognition. How do we change? How do we adapt? What do we do? What you just said is mind blowing, Vanessa. It's awesome. It is absolutely awesome. If I'm an employee at the hotel, hell yeah, I want to go and get another vacation day. But then, hey, we couldn't have you in the restaurant for a meal. But hey, here's here's a meal to go. Here's something that you can take home with you. That is absolutely awesome. I I don't know what other
2: properties are doing out there, but you just blew my mind. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) it's just about creative and talking with other hotels too to see what they're doing. Thanksgiving, we gave everybody a fifteen dollar Publix gift card. Which again, people think, oh my gosh, you're spending all this money and this and that, but. It's the holidays, you know, our staff, they didn't work for two and a half, three months and $15 to Publix, it's something. And the staff was even thankful. They're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we're actually getting a gift card this year for Publix. Again, it's just taking care of the staff. It's having fun. Everyone's going through different things right now, but you just have to continue To recognize and reward the staff and you have to do it a little bit differently these days, unfortunately, but we make it work.
0: (laughs) Oh man, Vanessa, that's awesome stuff. Beyond
1: just what hotels are doing, it's amazing for corporate, nonprofit, hospitality, what you're doing sets an example for everyone.
0: Vanessa, one of the things that you mentioned earlier was about the wagon, like the healthy snacks and and things that go around. How how often does that happen? Or can you tell me just a little bit more about that?
2: We kicked it off, I think, September, October. We did it every week just to get people in healthy mood or healthy mode status because There was the quarantine 15 that happened with a lot of people. (laughs) A lot of people came back to work. I'm like, oh yeah, we need to get this. (laughs) But we want to encourage a healthy work environment. And we don't have an employee cafeteria right now. It was a buffet that we used to have. We had free food for the staff pre-COVID. We had a salad station. Tuesdays was Taco Tuesday. We didn't charge any of the employees. It was free. So a lot of the benefits we did have to take away because of COVID, whether it's the large Christmas party, the buffet in the break room. So we weren't giving lunches out. So we said, you know what, let's provide healthy snacks. We didn't want to provide M&Ms or chocolate bars or things like that. So we decided to go the healthy route. We finally did get a vending machine in our break room, which does have entrees. It has lean cuisine. It has healthier stuff like smoothies, not soda, not... Mountain Dew, stuff like that, because we do encourage a healthy work environment. We want our staff to be healthy. They're saying people with COVID that have prior health conditions are most likely to end up on a ventilator or what have you. But we want our staff to be healthy at the end of the day.
0: So let's talk about Orange Theory.
2: Yeah, right,
0: right, <laughs> right, <laughs> right into <laughs> health. What's <on> my health? <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: my God. I took one Orange Theory class. I took one. And I did not like the instructor, and that tainted my entire view of the entire organization. Uh, I left the <laughs> class, and I left that building going, he is doing the most. And I walked away. Like, and he was all, what do you think of the first class? I was like, uh, I didn't like you, but I did sweat. And he just kind of looked at me. I'm like, you do the most, the
2: extra. I don't like it. Like, I just walked away.
1: So let's talk about your orange theory. Now.
2: Look, oh, Patrick, have you been to Orange Theory yet?
0: God, no. I'm staying far away from that place. So to Vanessa.
2: Rick went. (laughs) Why haven't
0: you went? (laughs) Yeah, Rick told me about going. And from his experience, (laughs) hell no. My wife and Vanessa are both big Orange theorists. But it is a cult. You call it what you want, Vanessa, it is a cult. And they these people are absolutely insane. The amount of things that they do. For those of you guys that don't know what Orange Theory is, I think it's nationwide now, but it is a kind of like a workout gym place. They do organized workouts daily.
1: Yes, they do. <laughs> and I would be all for it if my instructor wasn't all about posting everything to the gram and trying to be
2: all cute. And I was like, you're not cute. Not. Mm-hmm. So, like, No. <laughs> you need to go again. I'll let you know who the cute ones are. <laughs>
1: I'm part of the peloton cult now so oh, she's on that peloton nice, like nice, and
2: Paige
0: nice, has nice. been hinting hard at me for a peloton for christmas <laughs> she's like oh you know i could continue orange theory or you could just get me a peloton here's the cost breakdown and here's the difference. and i'm like oh my goodness <laughs>
1: she, oh my gosh she gave it to you like a child's yes. list like let me tell you why this is a smart investment in this barbecue. Let me tell
0: you. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> exactly yeah. oh so christmas is coming up so vanessa for your son, for Ricky, do you have any big ticket items for, for Christmas we have coming out? He doesn't listen to this podcast. Don't worry.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Not really. I mean, he's just into trucks and lippy and cocoa melons. Uh, still, yeah. You know, Glippy. he thinks we have an advent calendar. He actually has two of them. He has a chocolate one and a Paw Patrol calendar. Ah. And every morning he wakes up and he's like, today's number two. Yep. Okay, today's number three, and I'm like, gosh, what are we gonna do when Christmas is over? Like every day, he religiously goes to the kitchen, and he's like, I gotta open the little advent calendar. So, Same here. I don't Same know. Same
0: here. Our guys, <laughs> our guys, Peyton and Paxton, come out. They go through the house, and they have to find out where their elves on the shelves have moved to. I know that you don't know what that is, Stacy, but these these little elves that you hide in the house, and they move at night.
1: I know. I did it for my niece
0: and nephews. <laughs> Yesterday they woke up and I forgot to move them the night before. And so they're like, Oh, they didn't move. And I was like, Oh man, they only move on nights that you're good. So I guess I don't know what happened. And they're like, We were good, we were good. They went to school and I came home and moved <laughs> oh. them. So when they came home from school, they're like, Yeah, moved, we were good at school, we were good at school. And then <laughs> and then this morning they one of them comes out and he's like, you know, kind of in a blur. I forgot to move him again. And so Paige is like, go move him real quick. And she distracts him in the kitchen and I'm like moving him around the house. like whatever. Oh, and then they come mom. out and they're like, they're gone. They're gone. <laughs> I didn't think I would like the elf on the shelf thing because I thought it was kind of annoying, whatever. But their reaction is the cutest thing of all time. <laughs> it's absolutely adorable. Uh, Vanessa, I'm sorry. Going back to Ricky. Do you guys have him do a Santa list at all? Not
2: really. The other day I said, oh, we should write a letter to Santa. I'm like, what do you want? He's like, anything yellow i'm like okay oh, it's not a five <laughs> it's not you know oh,
0: a, a banana a school bus i mean where are we going with this i mean okay <laughs> okay listen just you just wait give that one more year because our guys are like their list and page made them write it out and she had to spell out things for them while the, and make them sound yeah. it out because we've been working on words and everything so they're like sounding things out but their list were like 20 things long Oh, god! and they were very specific, very <laughs> specific. Like Peyton's like, things like, dad, dad, dad. I want a skateboard that has Mario on the bottom. And it means wheels that are this color. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. And Paige is like, yeah, I don't know if Santa brings skateboards. Ma, ma. But the elves make the skateboard. The elves <laughs> make it. And I'm like, oh, my. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, yeah, yeah. You just wait. You're in for it there.
2: <laughs> well, we went to, what was it? Bass Pro Shop yeah. in Davie last weekend for Santa Pictures. And I haven't been to Bass Pro Shop in a long time. So we go in the back where Santa is. And of course they have the big like monster trucks that are like $60. They have the ATVs, kind of like what your kids have yeah. for the backyard, Jeeps yeah. and whatever that are like three $400. And Ricky's like, I want this. I want to touch that. I want to take this home. And I said, Ricky, the reason why they have them in the store is so that you can look at them. So when we get home, we can write a list for Santa. You can't buy those things. And he's like, oh, okay. So I'm going to get them on that kick, hopefully for the next few years that you can go to the store and look, but it's only so you can make a list for Santa of what you want. You can't buy. Exactly. And it's not guaranteed. Yeah, exactly. 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 (laughs) So funny. Uh, but anyway,
0: um, so we'll start wrapping up a little bit, but I know that this is a big time of year for you because this is the time of the year where you have your end of year audits. So in HR, you're kind of balancing doing all of these employee recognition things and everything. But on top of it, it's one of your busiest times of the year with all of the end of the year audits.
2: Our company has changed the audit process, also the budgets. One big thing that has changed in our industry because normally hotels or even some companies, they do a budget January through December, right? They do it the calendar year. But now with COVID, things are changing so much. You look at California, you look at New York, where things opened up and now they're shutting back down again. So, our company, we're actually doing a 30, 60, 90 day budget now instead of an annual budget. So. Every 30, 60, 90 days, we update our budget instead of doing a full year budget because God forbid in two months, Florida has to go on lockdown or shut down. I mean, we just don't know, but we don't have per se a lot of audits. A lot of our audits are mainly internal within the company. I haven't had an audit from like the department of labor, maybe in 15 years or what have you, but audits are simple. I mean, I'm not nervous when audits happen because... Audits, you learn things from them. Um, you're not going to get fired for failing an audit. It's just okay. We change the way we do things. So next time we come through, just make sure you change it. So audits aren't a really big thing in HR right now. It's more financially when it comes from the owners, when it comes from the government, whether it's taxes, payroll, the health inspection audit from the health department. That's obviously big right now. They want to make sure our employees are wearing gloves and they're wearing masks and they're serving food properly. And that we're just compliant with code enforcement and different state mandates as well, so.
1: I keep saying, with especially with food audits, (laughs) I'm like, ooh, we were living nasty before. I actually, (laughs) and I know obviously there's a very strict standard in the food and beverage world. I actually am liking a lot of the changes that we're making to food and beverage. And I'm excited to see how we continue those changes. I know a lot of it's going to reverse as we start to open back, but I hope some of it does stay. Yes,
2: definitely. (laughs) And people washing their hands. Just Just wash wash your hands.
0: hands. Basic. (laughs) Vanessa, do you foresee any things in your hotel specifically that you're thinking might stay around post-COVID that started because of COVID? That's a great question.
2: Whether it's in the kitchen or at the front desk or touchless areas or... Some of the things with technology now, I know a lot of hotels, they're not even issuing room keys anymore. It's all through your smartphone. We just put all our menus. They're now on the TV screen in your guest room. As we open room service, our guests can order from their TV. I know some hotels have done that pre-COVID even HR paperwork, we're trying to get everything electronically, but you still need that person interaction when you're checking their social security number or their driver's license, you know? So there's some things that are just always going to have to be paper. And then a lot of things too, we're realizing cost the hotel more money, but it's to make sure that we're safer, not only for our employees, but also for our hotel guests as well. And It's the continuous cleaning. We have COVID attendants whenever we have events. They stand there. They take temperatures. They ask people the standard questions. Have you been in contact with anybody in COVID? Do you have any symptoms? So I think that's going to stay for a while. Wearing a mask is going to stay for a while because it's not really a Broward County mandate. It's more of a company mandate now. Publix requires it. Target requires it. It's not an enforcement issue in Broward County. So that will stay for a while.
0: I agree. (laughs) (laughs) absolutely well thank you again vanessa for green to come on to today's uh podcast we really appreciate having you and i think you gave us all a lot of very insightful things that people can take and integrate into their teams so we definitely appreciate you being on today's episode
2: well thank you for having me it was it was good thank you thank you
0: well vanessa if you don't mind we actually have one more segment that we normally do if call it our paprika segment so if you want to stick on yeah. we would love to have you on today's paprika okay
2: i will stay on okay awesome <laughs>
0: all right so to today's paprika let's go for it okay Paprika segment is whatever's on our mind. One tidbit, one takeaway. So, with that, do you have anything that you want to share? What's on your mind? What's on my mind? Well, anything work related can be the fact that the dog is driving you crazy because the landscapers are down the street and it's been barking in the background.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sounds personal, but okay.
2: (laughs) 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 One thing on my mind, I'm off today. We actually. Left our neighborhood, our fabulous neighbors, the brochures a few months ago. And I have these three boxes that have just been sitting in the garage. And obviously, I don't need anything from these boxes because I haven't really missed anything from there. So I'm debating if I'm just going to throw them in the garbage and just be like, screw it. I don't need whatever's in there. Or if I actually want to open the boxes and go through them. So that's my dilemma. (laughs) <laughs> that is
0: a tough call. The hoarder inside of me is cringing, but the <laughs> minimalist that I want to be is very excited. So yes. I'm conflicted internally about what you have going on. What's your thought on it? Ace? <laughs> okay.
1: So I moved in this house three years ago and I have a box that's in our office. It's the only box that's open in the office closet that we have not unpacked. And I think it was This box where we both had unpacked and both did everything and we were exhausted. And it was kind of like this game of chicken. Who's going to touch the box first? Who's going to unpack the box? And we just never did. And so it made its way in the closet. And I'm like, I I still look at that box. Like, who's going to do it? Who's going to do it? And every now and then, like one of us will be like, Oh, do you know where that is? And we're like, check the box in office. So it's in the office, it's three years later, it is still propped up, it is open in the closet, and we won't give in. Nobody's going to give it in. It's the most petty, but I, I totally love it. So, I'd play chicken with the box. I'd be like, who's going to do it?
0: <laughs> well, listen, Rick's, Rick's not going to do it. I'm going to go ahead and let you know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> well, good, good luck with that decision. That is a very hard know, right? decision. It is. Very, very I respect
1: hard. the amount of time that goes into thinking about those three boxes. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> well, Stacey, what's on your mind?
1: Uh, uh, I don't have much today. I am mentally exhausted. I actually woke up this morning at like 345, just unable to sleep. I, I need a break. I am yeah. excited that next week is my last week of work and I'll be taking off two weeks. And I envision myself throwing my laptop out of the window and not having to look at it for the like two weeks. Yeah, I'm just really like, you know, it's the end of the year. We have a lot going on, have huge events coming up and I'm just, I need a break. And that's where I'm at. So I think on my mind is next week, Friday helps <laughs> you literally instead of just like waiting for the computer to sleep, being able to say Shut down, oh yeah, that's an exciting moment for me <laughs>
0: that is a good moment, yeah, I'm there with you next week. I have a pretty hectic work week, but then the week after, I'm very much looking forward to mm-hmm. I can't mm-hmm. wait,
1: yeah,
0: all right, my paprika, because I've been accused Vanessa by the way, of going too serious in my paprika or I don't want to name names who's called me out about my paprika so I'll keep it very the name is- <laughs> I'll keep it very very light today and say I'm excited we were going to take the kids yesterday to go see Santa Claus and they're very excited about Santa Claus every year but I had a work virtual holiday party for one of my clients that I had to be on yesterday so Paige comes in and tells me that I'm the reason that the kids didn't get to see Santa this year. So. With a heavy heart, <laughs> dude, she's putting some jade on me. Oh. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to go see Santa Claus either this weekend or, or probably Monday when it's a little less crowded, whatever. We're going to go see Santa, but it's going to be weird because they can't touch Santa Santa's basically through the bulletproof glass. The plexiglass. Yeah, you know, it's like... Did you just call it bulletproof glass? Yeah, it's glass? like visiting somebody in uh, in prison or something. Did you just call the plexiglass bulletproof <laughs> yeah. glass? I sure did. But I don't know, that's going to be a weird... I, I guess where I'm going. I can't unhear that. And now that's, I, I just picture like the presidential movie. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I can't. I'm excited for them to see Santa because I love it every year when they get to see Santa and watching their face light up when they do it. But it's going to be weird this year that they can't see Santa or whatever. Why don't you yeah. dress up as Santa? Listen, don't tempt me. <laughs> I'm saying, though,
1: and then, like, you could dress up and you could come outside the house and you could be like Santa visited and then yeah. you could ho, 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 lock or something <laughs> and then come
0: back. You're like, what's a daddy? Miss? I actually did dress up as Santa a few years ago for them. And my brother's kids when this was probably, I mean, my kids are probably two and David's my brother's kids are probably three and I got away with it with none of them realizing that it was me. But I think that now they're you know, at five. I think they would know. They'd be like, Daddy, what are you doing? are
1: <laughs> like, did you know Santa's daddy's cousin? Yeah. <laughs> That's
0: awkward. So I'm excited about going to go see Santa, but I'm also a little... I don't know, weirded out or worried about what their reaction is going to be with the fact that they can't get close. Can't yeah, can't see Santa up close. Nah. But anyway, that's good. that. That's my paprika. <laughs> They'll be fine. <laughs> They'll still enjoy it. They'll still enjoy yeah. it.
1: Cool. So thank you for joining us and thank you to our listeners for tuning in. We have, what, this is going to be, what, two weeks or a week to Christmas when you guys hear this. So um hope you guys get your Christmas shopping and have your christmas list made and yeah your dinners planned out for your households hopefully everyone's staying safe yes.
0: still now, oh and um for all of you guys doing your last minute shopping uh make sure you know i i know amazon is your friend but also don't forget about your local and small businesses that need your help that's right so sure. th- yeah. throw your so oh your i your have an extra
1: paprika I have an extra paprika. So I think I told a Oh wait, everyone, that's
0: an, that's all the time that we have, guys. We're about to wait till next week's episode. Cliffhanger. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Go ahead, Stacy. If looks could kill, I would be dead. <laughs> <laughs> I need I need some bulletproof glass.
1: <laughs> yeah, you need bulletproof Flexing will help you right now. No, my paprika is
0: that
1: I, I think I said this before that I've made um a goal of myself to support a black business every week. And I'm happy to say that, um, I have completed that. So I'm really excited by that. And this year for Christmas, everyone is getting at least one black owned business gift on my list. So I'm, I'm really excited by that. That's my, that's my additional paprika.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. By the way, I have a huge um, Nutcracker collection up in my house, and every year Stacy gives me a hard time because she says there's not a black Nutcracker. represented <laughs> on like, my mantle. Well,
1: you have to understand, it's not like he has like two, and you can let it go. The man has like a hundred Nutcrackers, I'm and, like, at, and I'm not saying <laughs> like I mean literally a hundred Nutcrackers, and you can add one black Nutcracker. Well, there is
0: one with darker skin, but I'm pretty sure he's Middle Eastern. Like he looks Middle Eastern. Like I don't think he's quite. Dark enough. Like I think he's either Asian or Middle Eastern. We're gonna go with skin color. I need to see this. No Why do you always leave you I All right, guys, Please. thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you guys yeah. next time. Take care.
1: Keep that with you. Black. He doesn't know if it's a black nutcracker. Thanks, everyone. Bye. 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 <laughs> By Patrick Brosius and Cece and Bang Doria. Sound editing by Rocky Doria and songs by Doctor Delight.
0: Senior talking on mute. Good job, Cece. Hey, hey. I'm like what she saying? Hey, you're on mute. Phrase of the air. You're on mute. <laughs> you're on <laughs> mute. <laughs>
1: I was just nodding and agreeing. I oh, wasn't oh, really I, on mute. Oh, I thought you were talking. Like, <laughs> I thought you were no. talking. And I was like, you're on mute again. That was what I was nodding and saying <laughs> on mute. In my head. <laughs> <laughs>